The second you tell me that you are cool, you're not. Hey, it's uh, hi. Time once again. This is the bitterest pill. This, this is you know an internet. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a radio show. I recorded in my garage under the flight path, Los Angeles International Airport. My name is Dan Class. See, and I'm a stay-at-home dad, uh, failed actor, former comedian, shut-in. Uh, you know, future mental patient, and, and basically, like Rupert Pupkin, I sit here in a box in my garage. I'm sitting here in the garage, and I just looked up, and I found the hat that I've been looking for for three days. It's in here. Yeah. I could have used this hat, because I've been at the beach. Now, uh, I like, I love the beach. I love the beach in theory. I like the concept of the beach, the water and the waves. And the sand and the sights, you know, there's wind and there's gulls and there's uh, got to be a couple bikinis. You know, it's it, in theory, the beach is awesome. The reality of the beach is uh, that I go to the beach either with my wife or without my wife and with our two kids, one of whom is not really the strongest swimmer. So basically now what I have is two children who are going to get wet and covered in sand, one of whom can get sucked out to sea at any moment. Absolutely complete and utter disregard for her own safety. More than willing to just jump into the ocean at any time. Complete disregard for the fact that she could, you know, one wave knocks her over, the other one sucks her out, next thing you know, she's uh, dead on the shores of Japan. Absolutely no regard for the fact that my life passes before my eyes every 10 seconds when we're at the beach and she's breaking from my iron-like grip. But see, this is what's been going on lately is uh, my wife, Melissa, who uh, who is going to come on the show? Whom? Either who or whom will be joining us on this program sometime soon. You know this program. Am I overstepping into calling this a program? <laughs> I think so. Melissa had, uh, you know, it's summertime. And at least here in Southern California, you don't, you know, uh, it's the 21st century, so both parents typically have to do something. So you got to get rid of the kids for the summer. And we were worried that uh, Hudson, our son, was a little underscheduled. So my wife sent, signed him up for boogie boarding classes. They go all summer long. Now, do you remember when we were kids and we would spend the summer at, at our boogie boarding classes? Do you remember that? Oh, it was great. Oh, my gosh. Back in the old days, we'd go to our boogie boarding classes down at the beach. Oh, it was absolutely uh, stupendous. <laughs> uh, when I was his age, I don't know. I have no recollection of being his age, honestly. We played with the neighbors. We played outside. My mom kicked us out of the house, uh, you know, at eight. We came back at five for dinner. We went back out after dinner. We played some more sports or whatever we did around the neighborhood with the kids. Went in, took a bath, went to bed. But, uh, you know, H loves to boogie board. I love to boogie board with him. So I thought this was a good idea. She thought it was a good idea. My wife, you know. So she signs him up for boogie boarding, quote unquote, classes with two quote-unquote instructors. Now, unfortunately, it's down in Manhattan Beach because whatever we do, you know, I don't know if it's that, um, you know, 
maybe you do this. I in this area, it seems that everybody goes to the next neighborhood over to do things. Or at least we do. We always go south to do things, and I think it's because we 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 perceive Manhattan Beach as being better than where we live, so we go down there. Is that possible? I'd like to stop that. I'd like my neighborhood. The thing is, we know we have experience with their parks and rec. We don't have experience with our own parks and rec. So we signed him up for Manhattan Beach Parks and Rec, which means I have to drive him to Manhattan Beach now twice a week to go to boogie boarding camp slash class. Now, until today, that's fine because I got to go down that way to, to take Princess Tyrade to uh, school anyway, which ends today. Today, Princess is a graduate of uh, her preschool. She's going to move her little tassel from here to there, and that's going to be it for her. And I can no longer, I no longer will be burdened with a daily trip, two hours in the car, taking her to and from, to and from her preschool. Thank God. Clap, clap, clap. Except now, of course, I have to take Hudson back and forth twice a week, at least, for this boogie boarding class. Now, let's be very clear. When I say class, let me ask you something. Let me let me ask you this. You're flipping through a catalog and you see something that is called a boogie boarding class or camp. Now, listen, I don't have it in front of me, so maybe I have this wrong. But this is at least the way my wife pitches it to me, and I'm pretty sure it's the way it was pitched to her in the catalog. Hey, learn to boogie board. Learn the basics and advanced maneuvers and safety of boogie boarding. Boogie boarding, boogie boarding, learn, learn, safety class, class, learn, boogie boarding. Instructors Dave Boogie Board and uh, Steve Surfer Dude. Now you know where I'm going with this. We go the first day. Princess wants to go to the beach too. Uh, God forbid Hudson go to the beach without her. So he goes to his camp class thing and we sit next to them and play in the sand. Okay. For three hours. So I got a, I, three hours at the beach at one in the afternoon wouldn't normally be stressful but see I am not allowed according to my wife to bring the children home with any evidence of sun exposure on their skin none whatsoever they have to come back from the beach as if they've been in a basement apartment all day she wants them to lead the life of Lance Armstrong but look like there's some goth kid who just spends the summer smoking pot downstairs. But they, see, they, they will grouse, but they'll stand still to be lotioned once. So I sunblock them with, and I've told you about this sunblock. I think it's made by uh, DuPont. You know? The Dutch Boy Paint Company. I don't know who makes it. It's essentially white latex glue. Now, they will they will stand still grousing while I do that once, but then they immediately roll in the sand like they're battering a chicken wing, and then they run around with covered in sand. Then they go in the water. Then they, Now they're half covered in sand and half covered in water. So, so now the glue, white paint, sticky, emulsive... Uh, uh, you, you know, chromium, whatever it is, zinc oxide is gone, but they're covered. So now I, they don't want to be sunblocked because I'm essentially now massaging sand into their skin 
with this white paint. It's not going well. And as it turns out, uh, not so much education at the Boogie Board Education Seminar Camp. It's pretty much partner up, don't drown, see in three hours. In three hours, we're going to walk over to the pier where your mom is supposed to pick you up. Okay, go. Now, Hudson thought he was going to learn how to boogie board even better. Like, he was going to learn some cool moves, how to really super catch a wave every single time. I thought he was going to be able to teach me some stuff. No, no, pretty much, no. Anytime you see the word camp, I guess that just means, listen, there's going to be some guys and some gals there in their early 20s making sure no one dies. And that's pretty much it. So don't get your hopes up. The, the blurb in the catalog, honestly, that's so you, mom and dad, can sell it to the kid. That's not, that's not a guarantee of anything. Which, granted, explains the reasonable price. So, so that's what I've been doing, actually. Tuesday and Thursday, both, I went to the beach for three hours, and I, and I have a decision uh, to make, which is, is this going to be six hours a week? of utter hell and anxiety or six hours a week in utter paradise. And the choice is mine. The choice is mine and mine alone. Now, the truth is, do I really want to go to the beach? Not, no, I really don't. Because I, I, I don't want to sunblock them and worry about whether they're sunblock. I don't want to hear it from Melissa when I get home about a fact that I didn't sunblock them enough and I didn't hose them off enough. So they're bringing sand into the house. Sand sand, and sunburned children are being brought into the house. And guess whose fault it is? Me, Dan Class. Right now, by my estimation, I'm a successful father because I have a nine-and-a-half-year-old son who doesn't know what a Twinkie is, but really, I can't get them to the beach and back and have them look like they are on their way to the prom and not coming back from the beach, so I'm a failure, right? Okay. So that's the anxiety part. But you know what? The the paradise part is really what I could be doing is send, uh, spending you know six hours a week hanging out on a beautiful Southern California beach in a rich neighborhood with my beautiful little blonde daughter making sandcastles. I got a barrier a couple times. I'll read the local free little paper thing that they give out, uh, you know, near the pier. Now, I don't know who originally recommended this uh, book to me, and I think I've mentioned it to you a couple times, and, and, and I've mentioned Oprah a couple times because, you know, at a certain point, I think uh, I need to decide whether I'm going to be a neurotic mess or uh, your Oprah. And, and uh, you know, the, the neurotic mess thing is a lot easier, honestly. But I think it was Tim Coyne actually first recommended, or he, he was telling me about this book uh, called The New Earth or New A New Earth or something like that by this uh, guy Eckhart Tolle. Now, apparently this is an Oprah book. I don't want to read an Oprah book. I don't want to own an Oprah book. I don't want a book anywhere near my house. For some reason, uh, you know, I'm the guy that does not want to belong to the biggest, most uh, accepted club. I, I don't, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy and I'm not that guy. As soon as you tell me everybody's doing something, I'm not interested. I don't want to know about it. Please leave me out of it. But he told me about this book and he said, well, you know, it's, he didn't really fully understand the book because he hadn't read it himself, but he said, you know, it's something to do with, um, 
your ego and, and kind of getting out of your ego's way or getting your ego out of your way, something like that. Maybe living more in the moment or something, not sure, but it sounds like it's good for, uh, you know, people like uh, you, Dan. So a couple weeks later, I decide, you know what, I got to look for this book because there's something about this book that is already speaking to me. Because basically, and I was talking about this uh, one of the Saturday nights. See, sometimes some of the listeners and I get together on Saturday nights. If you'd like to join us, please do. You got to just keep keep an eye on thebitterspill.com where I've got that little message thing, you know, that comes up from Twitter. Sometimes at 9 or 10 p.m. Pacific time, you know, I come out to the studio and I hook up the video camera and I do a live stream and I do, do the show then, see? Well, after the official show one night, I was talking about the book and I was saying, you know, if you enjoy these little recordings that I do, I, I think that's wonderful and, you know, bless you and thank you for supporting me by just by listening is support enough. But you got to understand on a certain level, what you hear in the show is what is in my head 24 hours a day. There's basically just this monologue, this this somewhat annoyed, angry, pissy little monologue that goes on and 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 around and around and around and around and around in my head all the time. And you may think it's kind of cute or endearing or entertaining or whatever you happen to think of this malarkey, you know, an hour a week. Imagine you hear it an hour, an hour, every hour, all the time. Because basically, you know, I, I wake up and I'm, I'm already worried about the rest of the day, the rest of the month. I'm worried about yesterday and all the things I screwed up or didn't do or put off. The balls that got dropped, or, you know. So when I started learning about this, this it's not even really a book. It's this dude and his just kind of, uh, you know, outlook. I, I started to realize that my biggest problem, and this is exactly what he talks about, is that I am out of sync. 99% of the time. Now, I think when I was younger, I was more in sync. But right now, in, I in sync, okay? God, you know, a bunch of 30-year-olds just giggled about Justin Timberlake. Pay attention, okay? I'm out of sync in that I'm never living right now. Or at least I don't recognize when I'm living right right this second, okay? I'm either living in the past or in the future. And I find myself, what, what, when I realized this was a problem, is I started to realize that I had been for years, probably, but definitely months and months and months, but I'll even, I'll even cop to years, for years, I have been snapping at my children for interrupting the voices in my head. I will be, I'll be ruminating and, and stressing and angsting and cycling, cycling, cycling through the same crap over and over and over while I'm doing dishes or I'm making lunches or I'm folding the laundry and they'll come in and want to tell me a joke and I'll tell, am I going to shut up? What? What do you want? What? 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 Who's there? Orange who? Aha, oh, great. Find something to do, right? That, that, that's wrong. That's sick. That's honestly, 
Let's be honest. That's sick. That's sick. That's sick. That is just sick. Now, I'm not telling you that my kids' knock-knock jokes are always the greatest jokes in the world. My daughter's idea of a knock my daughter is probably the first, like, four to five, five-and-a-half-year-old existentialist postmodern comedian. She has an entire litany of knock-knock jokes that are so beyond comprehension. Knock-knock, who's there? Microphone, microphone who? The microphone forgot to open the door. And then she laughs, the most beautiful laugh you've ever heard. But see, I'm so busy living in this undetermined future, this future that I don't know what to do with. All uh, There's so many forks in the road. It's like, it's like a pottery barn. I don't know which fork in the road to take, and it's driving me crazy. So all I do, my mind is just standing at this road full of fork, 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 fork. Half of my brain all the time. The other half is looking backwards all the time. When was I more together in the past? When was I happier in the past? What in the past could I have turned into something where I wouldn't feel so lost right now? But the reason that I feel lost right now is because I'm not right now. I'm almost never right now. Right? How often are you right now? I I don't know. I'm and that's what I mean by being out of sync. And, and this guy, Eckhart Tolle, really the book of his that I want to read is The uh, Power of Now or Living in the Now, some now thing. Whatever book he wrote with the word now in the title, I borrowed that from the library as a, like a condensed audio book or it's, it's like exercises for the power of now. I don't know what it is, but listen, this isn't, this is, this is serious. I think the vast majority of my personal problems on a huge scale. And I don't know if you're with, I don't know if you're in the same boat with me. I don't know. But listen, I'm out of sync, babies. You know what I mean? I think I'm in sync when we speak. When you and I talk, I think I'm actually in that. E- each second, I'm in that second. There's this tiny sliver of me that's ahead. But that's just because I'm telling you stories. And, I, and it has to make some sort of coherent sense. But really, I'm I, I'm in the moment then. And I, I maybe used to be in the moment when I would... Uh, I used to listen to music a lot on, on with headphones. You know? And I almost never do that anymore for whatever reason. I, you know, I, I record the show with headphones. I do work with headphones, you know. But um, I, I rarely just sit and listen with headphones... To music, and that's such a focusing thing that I can just kind of, and maybe the, maybe the difference is listening to music with headphones and imagining that I'm uh, performing at Shea Stadium, you know that song or whatever. Other than that, though, I realize now that I'm becoming more aware of it that more and more that the vast majority of my day is spent in the past future. But here's the thing: the past is gone. It's over. 
You've done it, been there, done that, it's gone. You can think about it all you want. You can fret about it all you want. You can try to revise it all you want, paint a rosy picture on it, put lipstick on it, pat it on the ass. It's the past and it's gone. Now, if you want to drag it around with you, go for it. But I got to tell you, it's going to wear you out. And the future doesn't exist. It's not here. It will never be here. The future is always in the future. Now, that's not to say that 10 minutes from now will never be here. And I'm not saying that tomorrow will never. Of course, tomorrow is going to be here. It's going to be here in 24 hours. But the future, quote unquote, cannot be lived in. You can only live right this second, right now. I had the greatest time yesterday walking from the parking lot of our grocery store down the street, checking the mail in the post office box, and walking back. Because I forced myself to just do it. To just enjoy it. Because this dude, this Tole dude, and you know, you got to hear his voice because he, he sounds like one of the, the voices on my Macintosh, but with a slight accent. If you think about what he says, it, it makes perfect sense. One of the things he says is, you know, you have, you know, you, you, you think you have problems, but a lot of the problems that you have are you dwelling on the past or dwelling on the future. What problem do you have? right now what what's keeping you from enjoying right now right now what's keeping you from enjoying it and i started trying to think about that as i was walking from the parking lot of the grocery store to the p.o box which is a block away and then i stopped thinking about it because i didn't want to think about it i didn't want to think about anything i just wanted to be i wanted to be in sync with right now. Now listen, there's nothing going on. You know what I mean? No one's showing a movie on the street. There's no car crash. There's no dancing girls. There's traffic. There's just traffic. A jumbo jet landed. As I walked to my P.O. box, there's the, the most beautiful, I mean, if you're into that, the most beautiful sight of all the jets landing at LAX. They land, they fly right over that street. That's Sepulveda right there. So if you're walking south on Sepulveda and jets are landing, they're just gigantic. These huge, glistening steel birds just coming in for a landing right over this old movie theater, which is now a somewhat boring looking office building. And there's some dude in the middle of the street with a hard hat on. And I don't know if he's painting lines in the road or painting over the lines in the road. But you know, it was, it was morning. I had plenty of time to do what I needed to do. You know, I had, I had allocated, listen, I got five, seven minutes to get from there to there and back and then I'll get the groceries and that'll take from here to there. So I just did it. as I walked, all I did was walk and breathe and look around. I saw cars, I saw people, I saw stores, I saw planes, I saw air, 
sky, clouds. And I didn't have any problems. I wasn't failing at anything. I wasn't disappointed about anything. I wasn't frustrated about anything. I wasn't worried about whether this would go right or this would go wrong. If I had made the right decision about this or about that. If in the past I should have handled this differently or that differently. I just walked to the store or to the post office. Opened the box, saw that it was empty. Had no real opinion about that because what difference does it make? And walked back. So I'm practicing every day, getting in sync. Now I don't expect this to change my life completely drastically because I'm afraid I don't want to change I, I don't want to change my life completely I still want to be you know a somewhat angry uh, a-hole because without that then then I think our relationship would go down the shitter excuse my French things will always annoy me like the fly have you heard that fly buzzing around my head please tell me you not heard that and sure, you you can't, you know, just live in the moment. You'll, you'll be late to the dinner, you know. But I am going to practice this, practice. And give if you're like me, if you're out of sync, give this some effort. Just try and let me know how you do. Seriously. There are times when instead of freaking out about something, agonizing about something, I'm stopping myself. And just washing the dishes. Just doing it. And maybe it goes back to what Concha was saying about cleaning toilets. And maybe that's part of what I love so much about, like when I go to karate, I don't know what your thing is. I'm sure you've got a separate, similar thing, some thing you do. See, when I go to karate, I can't think. I'm too busy being told what to do. There are too many you know, customs and uh, traditions to, uh, you know, adhere to. And we're all so focused on a common goal that I can't, you know, I'm not worried about paying the bills or whatever because it's, there's not that time, man. You got to be in the moment to be, you know, safe and learn and be, you know, do your thing, right? So between Concho and Eckhart Tolle, I, I got to get in sync. I got to live in the moment. I got to live in the now. The power of the now, Oprah. I know, I, I know, I'm following Oprah now. This is just lovely. Seriously, can you hear the fly? Can you hear that? You had to hear that, it just died bombed me. Did you hear that? There might actually be two. They're, they may be double teaming me right now. I don't know. All right, I'm gonna take off. I gotta go. I'm gonna go get Hudson pretty soon. This is short. I know. 
Uh, hopefully, listen, if you can join me on Saturday, please do. I'm going to try to do a show uh, Saturday night at probably 9 or 10, probably 10. The kids have been staying up so late, probably 10 Pacific Standard Time. Produced by Jacket Media, jacketmedia.com, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.